Okay, let's eat. Yeah, let's. <laughs> After a long day of work, this is what makes it all worthwhile. <laughs> Aren't you hungry? I know it's all microwaved, but it's still pretty good. I am. It's just, I'm not really that used to eating food like this. What? Not good enough for you? Uh, that's not what I meant. It's fine. Isn't this so fun? Uh, Getting to share meals with others like this. Sure. Okay, here we go. Rock, paper, scissors. One, two, three, shoot! Aw, uh, too bad, Shinji. Sorry. All right, looks like we're all done. The daily chores are divided up fair and square. Yeah. And don't forget, this place is gonna be your home from now on. So make yourself feel at home, okay? Uh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, yes, ma'am. It's all you ever say, boring. Grow a spine, show some grit, be a big boy for once, huh? Yes, ma'am. You know what? You should try taking a hot bath. Ugh. It'll clean your head right out. It's the washing machine of life. Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes finally are done talking about Evangelion. Well, I mean, after this episode. I am the angel of deadlines. My name is Andy. <laughs> He's the angel of whiskey. It's Bill. I can do that. And it's the angel of parody music. It's Matt. Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. I thought that was Weird Al. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Maybe that's the devil of it. I don't know. I'm the, the angel of affordable parodies, because I'll do it for us for free. That's there fair. you go. Exactly. Oh, maybe not. Love the Hello Mudda, Hello Father, uh, Camp Nerve version from our last episode. If you did not hear that, go back and listen to our review of The End of Evangelion. A very long review, but a very fun review. You should go check that out. Marge, are the kids at a Camp Granada? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Yes. It was very good. Yes, it was. Okay, good. I still think I sound like shit, but, you know. You're the angel, so you've had the voice yeah. of an angel. No, it sounded fine. I'm... Angel of parody music, archangel of puns. That's me. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, hey, guys. Hi. Hi. Uh, this is the episode at the end of the season. We're at the end of season seven, where we are going to be doing lots of things, including talking about our final thoughts on Evangelion overall. We're going to be ranking the anime among the pantheon of all the other anime that we've been talking about. We're going to be doing some top five lists. Yes. We've got the big reveal, season eight, Bill season. We're going to finally find out what Bill is playing to have us watch and review next. I'm so excited to find out. <laughs> season, season eight, I cannot believe it. And we have a very special 
bit of a debate that we're going to do, uh, pitting Evangelion versus, versus another mecha anime. First, if I, I just want to say that uh, as this has been my first full season with the podcast, I just want to thank you both again for allowing me to join you. It has been some of the best times I have ever had in my life. That's awesome. Thank you for joining us. We uh, we have appreciated you stepping up and uh, taking the third spot. Yeah, very much so. And we appreciate all of your insight that you have. The sort of resident, I say it in, in, as a term of endearment, our new resident otaku. Uh, and uh, A we, competent one. A competent one, yeah. We, <laughs> we, we, we appreciate it uh, very, very much. Uh, everything you've been... Uh, adding to the show, whether that's your opinions that might be very different maybe from our own, your willingness to work on uh, editing the bonus content. Uh, we, we just really appreciate it. I, I appreciate that especially. Absolutely. Uh, right. So thank You're you welcome. so much. Anytime. We got to get to our final discussion real quick of Evangelion. We've done a lot of dissecting of this series. We are done with it. It's all behind us. We've watched all six or 26 episodes Probably multiple times. We've watched End of Evangelion possibly multiple times. Yep. I'm just going to kind of start with a very general question. How do you feel about Evangelion now that we are all said and done? <laughs> raspberry farts. Raspberry farts from Bill. Okay. Second raspberry <laughs> fart from Bill. All right. <laughs> Two raspberry farts out of five raspberry farts. Got it. <laughs> I guess I'm not unhappy that we watched it so that I understand a piece of pop culture. I kind of feel about it the same way I feel about the fact that when I finally got around to watching Star Wars. Worse so, because like, I was lukewarm when I finished Star Wars. I was like, well, there's a piece of pop culture I now get more. <laughs> this same feeling, but like, why? Why is it pop culture? <laughs> a valid question. <laughs> the Star Wars comparison is interesting. I feel similarly in some ways, but I, I feel, I think I feel better about this than I felt about Star Wars. Watching it to understand a piece of pop culture is really interesting because I feel like so much of what anime was before Evangelion and what anime became after, especially within the genre of science fiction, is so informed by this series in particular. It transcended and did things very differently than you know older Gundam series or uh, even like really, really classic sci-fi stuff. Your, your Galaxy Express 3.9s and, and, and other sort of like science fiction as a genre. And I think took took away some of the fantastical elements. I mean, still very fantastical, but like, and, and grounded it in, with characters who were, were became much more psychological. Uh, and it's more of an analysis of the human psyche than it is a celebration of the thing that you like about science fiction and, and the mecha genre, Bill, which is, you know, big, bombastic battles and explosions, and so on and so forth. Not to say that, obviously, the introspective doesn't have its place. I suppose this kind of kind of matches up with, like, uh, 2001 Space Odyssey in that it's about a human condition, a human trying to figure out things above the human mind. Sure. I love that comparison to Space Odyssey. Matt, now that you've gone through uh, this series and have completed your first season with us uh what are you what are your sort of like your takeaways on evangelion overall i think it solidifies something in my uh the way i view my entertainments it's a think less enjoy more was this a uh was this a rough series to 
get into because it was so cerebral for you? Like, it just urges in general? I think it just should have tried to have been more one thing than the other. So, like, the earlier episodes when um, we, we have more levity and comedy, there's, like, a more of a structure, like, like a, almost like a, a villain of the week sort of feel to it in some of the earlier episodes. Nah, that was boring stuff. <laughs> I would en- have enjoyed the series more if it was just the latter half. Okay. From the beginning. Interesting. I think that's fair to say. I like philosophy. I like drama, but I don't like drama. There's a whole lot of drama in this show. There was quite a bit of drama. I feel like the first half would have been okay if it was done better. Like, the idea of it being Monster of the Week doesn't bother me. It was just boring Monster of the Week. It definitely broke down some barriers and allowed for, at least in my opinion, it allowed for anime to be an art form. You know, it already was not just, you know, we think of cartoons in, in, uh, in our Western society as... I mean, generally, at least back then, we would have assumed more that cartoons was more for children. And there obviously was anime that was very much geared towards children. Um, but it was a way, one of those anime that kind of broke out that said you could tell these more serious, introspective type stories. I think it did, like, you know, allow for, for it to be an art form to be a little more serious than just, I don't want to say the kitty stuff, but like the, the more, like, what you expect out of animation. It's kind of like the same thing as in America when you saw in the 90s, you started to see animation that was that started to transcend away from, you know, more traditional Bugs Bunny type cartoons to, you know, I, th- I always think of like Aeon Flux and The Head and the stuff from like MTV, even Beavis and Butthead and, and Daria. Even The Simpsons. The Simpsons, yeah. Being used as a way to like, tell stories that just happen to be animated, but are much more serious. Much more art house. Yes. Not a big fan of art house cinema. That's fair. Uh, or art house anime. So, Evangelion generally didn't do it for you then, Matt? Uh, right. Okay. Bottom, bottom line. Didn't do it for me. It's a bad show for me. I don't want to be one of those people who gives an opinion and states it as if it's a fact that everyone believes in. It was bad for me. Mm -hmm. And I have no real desire to go back and seek any deeper meaning. I've had plenty of time doing that just for life in general. I don't need to watch an exercise in it. Fair enough. I See, I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum with that because... And I think Bill even kind of like fits into this a little bit from some of my conversation with him and some of the things he said on the podcast where the more you think about the show and its themes and its characters and the biblical references and some of the artistic choices and some of the things like the more interesting it seems to me. And again, I'm going to say from my perspective and my experience, right? I I tend to agree. I think you're speaking for me. Yeah, I, I kind of thought so. I like a story that I can really sink my teeth into. Yes, I love an Excel saga where I can just kick back and go, weird shit is going to happen, and I'm going to pay attention to figure out like the, the spoofs and the references. But I also like a wolf's reign 
right? Where buried in with like the characters, there is this sort of like deeper look at wolf or human nature, right? And like how like characters interact with one another and how they deal with external threats and themes of overarching things like, you know, in, in Evangelion, depression and family and death and in things like Wolf's Reign, the idea of family and, you know, being isolated and a loner. And extinction. And, extinction, and... right? Like all these like really heavy themes. I gravitate more toward those than I do the opposite for me personally. I feel like Wolf's Reign might have been our sweet spot in very anime, very weird but figure outable, mm-hmm. yeah. understandable. I think uh, it's not my favorite by far, but I think maybe it has the the best ratio of entertainment to meaning. I would agree. Uh, yeah, same. We have already spent a lot of time kind of dissecting this anime, so I'm going to ask a couple of questions, couple of quick rapid fire questions about the series, okay. and then we're going to give it a grade. Question number one: favorite character and why? Bill, favorite character and why? Masato. Aside from some of the questionable stuff at the end, which could be read in a not quite as bad a way as we took it, uh, she seems to be the only character on the show who seemed to want to fix things and solve problems. Uh, she didn't want to wallow in her own self-pity. She didn't want to play the little bad guy games behind the scenes. She wanted his kid not to feel like his life sucked and the world to be safe. And she actually took steps to, to try to solve that. She is the reason why this anime ended the way it did. Not Ray, not Asuka. Him having that cross in his hand thinking, hey, this lady actually did care about me. Is what, you know, changed his mind. Valuable. Yeah, that's a good point. Matt, favorite character in what? Gang sign guy from the theater sequence. <laughs> <laughs> Bold. Good. I respect it. Not a character, a real person. Yes. I respect it. That would be your that would be your space butler esque answer there. Uh, no, space butler is legit. My the best. Oh, remember in the end of season one when uh, Jessica Calvello joined us and we <laughs> talked about how much we love space butler and she's like, yeah. "Who the fuck is space butler?" I was like, "Space butler is <laughs> fucking metal," and she's like, "Start cracking up." <laughs> she's like, "What?" <laughs> Masato is great, Bill. Masato is fantastic, and I I probably might say that she's definitely in my top three, if not my number one, but better than her, in my personal opinion for me, is Asuka. I know I came into the anime already before the rewatch, really liking Asuka as a character, and it really wasn't until I started dissecting her character that I started to grow an even deeper appreciation for her as a character. Her backstory is probably my favorite aspect of this as far as storytelling to kind of show like how fucked up some of these people are. Like you really understand in her backstory episode where her motivations come from, why she acts the way that she does and kind of gets you into the head of someone who is extremely flawed and is written in a way that you understand why those flaws exist. I I, I like, I like her drive, her determination. I like how real she feels. And I like that underneath all of that bravado is a vulnerability that makes her a really fascinating foil to Shinji as our protagonist of the story. So for me, I really like Asuka as a character, and I don't think the series would be the same without her as our sort of like other main character to kind of analyze the world around us. That's fair. 
All right, I think I will have to say that my favorite character is probably Yui Ikari. Ooh, interesting pick. Very tell interesting. me why. Tell me why. <laughs> For the most basic of my uh, likes and dislikes, uh, she basically undergoes a transformation into a non-human form. I know that's so me, isn't it? <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> but beyond that, the fact that she uh, completely gives herself over to it deliberately to better be there for her son, which is just a rather beautiful exploration of uh, what one does for the love of their own. Motherhood is a, a common theme in this anime, so that it is interesting. Like She is like the, the pinnacle of that. I was reading an explanation earlier on something that said that what happened to her was her and Asuka's mom was the same thing, whereas they were actually the uh, test pilots for Ava's. Oh. And, like, what Yui undergood the 400% sync rate, like, just like Sinji did, and they just, they couldn't get her back out. Oh, interesting. Not to negate your point, but in which case she didn't necessarily do it on purpose, it just, she did the same thing that happened to Shinji, just she couldn't, uh, couldn't come out of it. There's a sense of protection either way, though. Like, she's oh yeah there she, in the mech and... Yeah, she absolutely makes the, the use of it. If anything, she's working against the mech sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. The thing is, uh, uh, I'm I'm on the Wikipedia page, look, looking at the character bio, and in there at least it mentions uh, that in End of Evangelion it was revealed that the accident was the result of a, her deliberate choice. Okay. So I admit I'm going more along with that than my actual memory of what right. might have been shown or stated. Hey, I'm I'm doing the same thing too. There's yeah. multiple versions of the story. There's the manga, there's the original series, there's the end of the Evangelion, there's the 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 later movies. Like, it's been told and retold, so there's going to be some discrepancies, probably. Sure. One other thing I read said that Anno had said that the story is basically cyclical. Mm-hmm. So every version's valid, it's just going around, around, and around, and around. So in that case, okay. shit, maybe she knew what would happen, and so she did it on purpose. So what you're saying, Bill, is the story of Evangelion will never end. Basically. There is no true end of Evangelion. Basically. Matt, question on uh, Yui. When you were kind of describing Yui and the sort of motherly aspects, do you, and I know how much you love Trigon, do you see some elements of Rem maybe in Yui? Uh, Yeah. I always, I always liked Rem as the, almost like the motherly figure for fashion knives. So yes. like, just kind of, there seems to be like maybe a little bit of, maybe there's something more if we had more time we could <laughs> dissect now, or dive into. Or is Masato Rem because she's the mother figure, but not truly the mother doing mm. her best to keep these kids from being broken. No, I like that. That's, that's pretty fair uh, uh, for Trigun. I suppose uh, Yui's pretty much a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, second second question. Uh favorite Ava, either design or whatever whatever reason, like what is your favorite Ava unit? Bill, what's your, which one is your favorite? Probably one. I agree. I like the high contrast purple to green. I agree. Um I like the unicorn horn. I wish they explained why two had the the four eyes, maybe that would mean something mm-hmm. more. Yeah, I think I think one is probably the coolest looking one. I agree. I, I'm I'm right there with you. I think the color palette is the biggest thing for me, and just the general. It just I don't know. There's something about it 
aesthetically that that just is really nifty. So I, I agree. I think Unit One is the coolest of them. Matt, do you concur? Is Unit One the best of the three? Uh, definitely the best designed of the three. But I think my favorite is probably the Sealy units. Those are pretty cool with their weird ass faces. Yes, asses. Yes, weird ass asses. Um, and then we're gonna end this part of our discussion, I guess, with a uh, how would you grade Evangelion overall? Giving it a letter grade from A to to F. Damn it! I was gonna give it a Q. <laughs> where where um, would you give Evangelion? I think I would give it a C. Okay. He clearly put the work in. He just didn't do a good job of it, right? I mean, you're the teacher. You tell me. Like, if you could see on a paper that the kid definitely put the time and effort in and tried to make something, but they're just not that clever, not that talented. Uh-huh. A C, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I see what you're doing. Yeah. I was going to say D because, it, because I, because you know, it, it didn't work, but... He tried. <laughs> there are genuinely some decent thoughts there. All right. So it's a C from Bill. I think I would probably give it a C plus. I, I'm not willing to bump it up to a B level anime um, quite, but I am for everything that it did psychologically and its analysis of characters and for what it did for the genre of mecha anime, as well as just the genre of anime overall. I uh, have to give some good credit. I'm bumping the grade down to a C plus for anything higher just because of execution in certain parts. Like the, just the debacle that episode 25 and 26 ended up being, you know, certain plot holes and things that just didn't get to be expanded upon. So I would give it a C plus. It's a, it's a war between what it deserves and what I want to give it. <laughs> Are you going to be a vindictive teacher or one that grades based off of criteria? I was going to give it the sound between E and F. I was going to give it an E. <laughs> okay. I suppose, taking everything into account, uh, I will go with a C plus. Anything you want to elaborate with that? or No. <laughs> or, or are you the teacher that just puts the grade on it, no comments, and hands it back to the kid? <laughs> I would be one of those, probably. <laughs> it's It's just not easy for me. And I can't put things into wordy words. You're having trouble with words today. It's okay. You're fine. <laughs> it's, it's Eva. It's Eva. It's supposed to be hard to describe. Yes. I'm happy for everybody who loves it. I'm less happy for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think it would be an A. It would be an A, except the materials Anno had to work with were not up to snuff. How do you give a grade when the equipment is to blame for it not being great. Yeah, I can see that. It's an interesting question. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with the... No, I can't. I can't do it. He can't do it! He can't give it a C+. It's folks. just so not good to me. It's your grade, dude. Make it lower. Ah! Go out on a limb. Piss off the internet. Do it. Piss off the... D+. There you go. That's bold. I, I give it, it a D+. D for disappointing, but not fully disappointing. That's where the plus comes from. If you want to email email us at tuningjapanese at gmail.com, I'll, send, I'll direct all hate mail to directly to Matt's personal email. I could use more people on Twitter. Insulting me or not. Uh, no class twit. At no class twit. <laughs> Are we good with those grades? No. Nope. You ready to hand them back to, the, to, to, to poor Anno? 
Wow, I landed right in the middle, didn't I? Yeah. Yes, you did. While while we're doing that, we're going to take a quick little side trip to the break card. It's Andy. It's the break card. I hope you are having a fantastic day. I know I am. We are done with Evangelion, and I hope you are enjoying this final discussion. This episode ended up being about two hours. We cut a lot out of it. Part of what we cut out is actually going to be on our Patreon. At the beginning of the episode, we did some trivia. We grabbed some trivia from a website about Evangelion, and it got kind of long, so I cut that off specifically, and it is going to be available at patreon.com slash Japanese as a bonus episode. It'll be bonus episode number 51. And you can get that probably a little bit after this episode drops. So if you can go support us on Patreon, we'd really appreciate it, and you can get all kinds of cool bonus content like that episode. Speaking of the Patreon and bonus content, our next episode of Tuning In will be in the Gundam series. You want to know what Gundam show in particular? Well, you better just go support us on Patreon to find out. That'll be coming out sometime this month of August. Speaking of August, that means it's back to school season, which means for me, I'm back to work full time. I'm going to do my damnedest to keep up our releases. The last month and a half have been really solid with releases. I'm going to try to do my best to continue that. I'll do my absolute best. And I just want to thank you so much for supporting us over the years. You're going to find out what our Season 8 anime is going to be. It's going to be Bill's Choice here, so we'll find that out later in this episode. Very excited about that. But yeah, thank you so much for everything that you do, and I hope you enjoy the rest of our breakdown, our discussion of Evangelion. Now we're going to move on to our rankings. Uh, I have recorded meticulously from last season where each of us ranked the seven anime that we reviewed. That includes, obviously, Excel Saga. That includes Trigun. That includes Gurren Lagan. That includes Wolf's Reign, One Punch Man, Gungrave, and then our bonus season that Bill and I did, The Record of Lotus War, the OVA. Which I just finished watching. Hey! Yes, yes, hey. yes. I love it, love it, love it. Um, so we're going to start, before we give our brand new reordered list, we're going to start with our original and then talk about uh, whether we, on our new list, moved any of the anime around, uh, and more importantly, where we rank Evangelion on our personal list. And I will start. Uh, so top of the top for me is Trigun. Uh, still the, the classic anime, the, everything we talked about that I have enjoyed the most. Right below that for me is the record of Lotus War OVA, as I've talked about in the past. It has a lot to do with nostalgia uh, and just how much I uh, love it as a fantasy anime. Uh, below that is Wolf's Reign, which is in large part based off of the characters and the story and the themes. Uh, below that is Excel Saga, which I always find interesting that the, the middle anime for me is the one that I first got this all started with because of its wacky hijinks, but yet serious lack of any real coherent story. Uh, below that is Gungrave, was Gungrave for me. I have some nostalgia for that, obviously watching it back in the day and its connection to, uh, Trigun. One Punch Man falls next, which I know is very controversial in this group, but, uh, while I, I while I enjoyed One Punch Man, it was not really 100% my cup of tea. And then lastly, Gurn Lagan. 
which again will probably piss some people off as my bottom of those. So that was my top seven. And while I'm talking about it, I guess I'll just t- tell where I'm going to put in Evangelion uh, for mine. So uh, I end up not changing my list. I actually went back and forth and thought about uh, moving some of those lower ones around a little bit. But I kept that exact same one. But uh, I placed Evangelion actually right under Gungrave and right above One Punch Man. Again, I appreciate One Punch Man. I like its comedy. Its comedy, to me, is not as strong as Excel Saga. And to me, I don't think One Punch Man is, is as important of an anime as Evangelion was, so I had to put Evangelion above it. And I, I really struggled. I almost put it above Gungrave. Um, but I think the character of of, of Brandon and and, uh, and Harry and that whole relationship is what drove that just a little bit above uh, the iconic story and then the whole history of, of Evangelion as being an important anime. So... It goes Trigun, Lotus War, Wolf Strain, Excel Saga, Gungrave, Evangelion, One Punch Man, and then Gurren Lagan for me. My original list was uh, topped out with Trigun also. Uh, One Punch Man, Record of Lotus War, uh, then Wolf Strain, Gungrave, Excel Saga, and Gurren Lagan was my okay. list. Two interesting things happened when I made this list. <laughs> Uh, Evangelion is my bottom. It is the thing I have enjoyed the least. Okay. Say what you want about it being important. Say what you want about it being, you know, new and groundbreaking and whatever. I enjoyed it least of all. I got less out of it. The interesting thing is, uh, Gurren Lagan didn't just beat out Evangelion, but in context with Evangelion now, Gurren Lagan moved its way up the list uh, several places. Fascinating. Yeah. So now my list is Trigun, One Punch Man, Record of Lotus War, Wolf Shrain, then Gurren Lagan, Gungrave, Excel Saga, Evangelion. Okay, so above even Gungrave and Excel Saga. As much as I liked Excel Saga, like, it was just wacky hijinks. It didn't stick with me. It didn't make me feel anything. I think I said this before. It's fine. I don't dislike. Like, that's the break point of things I liked and things I didn't like. It was right there, Excel Saga to Evangelion. And like I said, Gurren Lagan, like, I understand all those characters way better and what they were shooting for. The message of the anime, I understand better in contrast with Evangelion, and I agree with it more. It was far more fun. You got more fights. Like I said, it moved above Excel Saga because Excel Saga is just silliness. It moved in top of uh, Gungrave, even, because... I finished that season up with a lot of good feelings because the end of it was really good. The last several episodes, there's a lot of bullshit <laughs> getting there. Like it was pretty good mafia story, crazy bullshit, strong ending. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of that. I didn't enjoy the video game stuff getting crammed into it was what made it not good. If it wasn't attached and it was just that story of Harry and Brandon and, even coming back from the grave, like, it would have been fine. So Evangelion making its way to the bottom and Grinlagon floating up in the middle. And like I said, the, the I soften on it as I get away from it but and think about it. But its execution's bad. You guys thought about Evangelion in between recordings, but I really didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So that, that's part of why of where the, the it was hard for me to articulate <laughs> my feelings. I drive like five hours a day. 
<laughs> yeah, you got time to think. I was just in the moment and then I have too many other things to do in between recordings to even think, worry about it. Matt, it's on you, man. My ranking, it was previously Trigun, One Punch Man, Wolfstrain, Gurren Lagann, Excel Saga, Lotus War because I had vague memories, but I hadn't seen it. But I still remembered it being better than I thought Gungrave was. And this time, Trigun is still at the top. Of course. I would be really shocked if anything ever dethrones Trigun. It would be impressive. As soon as we, as soon as we get to, uh, to my season, Trigun will be dethroned on my list. I think I have a, I have a guess, but we're not going to go there right now. Yeah, I do too. No. But currently, Trigun, followed by One Punch Man, then Wolf's Reign, then Lotus War. Ooh, Lotus War made its way pretty high up there. Yeah. It did. So, 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 since you didn't really see it before, and you've just recently watched it, why, I, I have to ask, like, why does Lotus War kind of get toward the middle for you? What was your overall quick reviewer thoughts on Lotus War? It's just simply uh, among the better <laughs> shows uh, seen on this program. Okay, fair enough. That's it. More, I got it's more. It's super pretty. It's it's super pretty. It's... I mean, I it's probably not fair to say uh, back then everything it looked like art, mm-hmm. art given animation. Oh, for sure is is what I thought several times watching it. The characters it just has some of the more fun characters. I would place uh, Deed Lit higher than so many characters in these other shows we've seen. I love Deedlet. Absolutely. I agree totally. I mean, Deedlet, um, Ashram. Um, yeah, Ashram's a great villain. Yeah. Ashram is uh, easily my favorite. My, it, it, it always makes it my top yeah. five or right near the top of my anime villains is Ashram. Yep. Yeah. Orson is great. Orson's good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, Parn's a little milk toast, white, you know, yeah. white oh, yeah. face. <laughs> But, uh, Parn, will you please stop screaming and charging in there like an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Then is Gurren Lagann, for reasons I assume I'll be articulate enough to explain when we get down to the comparison yes. in a bit. Yes, yeah. indeed. And I'm following that up with Excel Saga, because absurdity is my jam. I love a good absurd show. <laughs> And I love to laugh, and I especially love my Excel Saga DVDs with the pop-up video trivia facts. Bill, remember the episode when I discovered there were pop-up video facts, so I wrote uh-huh. all of them down, and yeah. every time, like, during Josh's review, I would be like, uh, Josh, did you know that blah, 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 and I made him look really dumb because he was supposed <laughs> to come with all the facts, and I was like, I cheated, Josh, but he, yeah. he got so mad at me, <laughs> he, he got so, so mad. mad that episode, he was so mad, and it's rightfully so, but <laughs> oh, it was funny, it was really good in the moment, yeah, I pity, I pity, kind of pity anybody who picked up the series on DVD or whatnot after they stopped putting those in there, I know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was that provided a lot of context we needed. Yes. Yeah. Then we get, although I'm, there's still some contention within my soul about why I have Evangelion next. So you only have two left, Evangelion and Gungrave. Yeah. So just talk it out a little bit for us. What is it that makes Gungrave worse than Evangelion to you? It's just a little too blah overall. I understand that. Except, of course, for, for that wonderful song, which I, I love. 
Here comes the rain. <laughs> I gotta put Evangelion ahead of it because Evangelion is rather inspired in and of itself and also more so by comparison. Video game action <laughs> versus deep philosophical wan- wonderings. Right, yeah, it's, you know, poorly executed as it is, it makes sense, or it's, it means something and it's art as opposed to a fairly bland video game commercial. I get that. <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> if I have to bring in bring in the uh, endings to both series, I like the thoughts that Evangelion uh, brings about than whatever the hell happened in Guncrave. What did happen at the end of Guncrave? I don't remember. Uh, I'll, I'll remember the I'll remember congratulations forever, but I don't know if I'll ever remember. <laughs> Whatever the, happened, uh, to uh, Harry dies. Harry dies. And then the shootout where they were the shootout. Yeah, they they were being uh, drawn as their old versions of themselves. Yeah, because they were they were a team again. They were buddies again, and then they. Oh yeah. And then we had the flashback to them meeting in the orphanage. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's how that ends. I remember that now. Yeah. Then it may be kind of flip flip the ending there. I I got a little teary eyed there at the end with them going yes. out in the blaze of glory together. Yes, I I, I agree. I did. I definitely did. It's it's more my speed, that sort of ending, compared to the Evangelion ending. So your final is uh, Trigon, One Punch Man, Wolfstream, Lotus War, Gurren, Lagan, Excel Saga, Evangelion, and Gungrave. Yes. I like the, the fact that, number one, we have some very different lists, each of us, but also Trigon is at the top for all three of us. <laughs> Trigon's on the top for all three of us. One Punch Man ranks very high for two, two of, of you. Us. Yeah. Wolf's Reign ranks very high for all three of us. Yeah, and so and, does and, uh, so does Lotus War, and so does Record of Lotus War. So that's that that is an interesting telling thing. Yep, and then it starts to get kind of weird. Yeah, then 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 it kind of goes off into the weeds. Yeah, but Evangelion's pretty low for all of us. You know, overall, Excel Saga gets a fairly low score, as does Gungrave. I should uh, I should run some like point system to see. You like, should yeah, wait compa- out. compare all three of us and like which ones end up with I'll, maybe i'll do that before our next episode and we could bring that up um but next we have some top lists we all have our own lists i'm going to start with the traditional one top five favorite episodes or best episodes of evangelion i feel pretty good letting you speak for us on that one because i think i think if i made a top 10 list or top five list it would have been very similar you feel the same way matt yeah. Fantastic. So I'm going to speak for the group here uh, for our top five favorite episodes. But before we do that, I want to talk about a couple of honorable mentions that I thought were worth at least adding to the list of uh, ones. And that includes episode six, which is Showdown in Tokyo 3. That's the one where they fight the D8. Okay. Where we get this sort of like Shinji and Rei finally kind of like having a connection, um, like like friendship wise. Uh, that's the one where Ray's mech gets beat up pretty bad, and uh, he has to run after the battle and pulls a Gendo where he like wrenches open and burns his hand and wrenches open the uh, the entry plug and then finds her in there, and they have that sort of tender moment that's a little tainted when he's like, you know what you could start with doing is smiling. <laughs> she does smile, and it's a cute moment despite the weird sexist thing. It's, um, it's an episode where something happens. Yes. It also has that moment where they are outside their mechs and they're sitting and they're looking at Tokyo and they have that conversation, Ray and, and Shinji, and I really like that moment. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. that Agreed. was an honorable mention. 
Another honorable mention was episode 24, which is The Last Cometh. <laughs> I was waiting for it. Uh, that was the uh, Kaworu episode, where Kaworu shows up and is the final angel. It would have ranked higher had they done more to establish Kaworu as a character, I think, throughout. But yes. I do like his sort of like showing up as a way to like really fuck with Shinji and cause Shinji to have to kill him and then just break him before the end of the anime leading toward instrumentality. Uh Episode number five on my top five list here is episode seven, which is the works of man. Uh, This is the one where uh, it's, it's really focused on Misato and Ritsuko. It has that weird symmetry where it starts with her waking up and having her morning beer and Shinji being like, you're kind of a slob. Uh, and then like kind of following like uh, Misato and Ritsuko's arc where they go to the UN type meeting and where Ritsuko talks smack to the one sexist dude and he like, you should go back to the kitchen and blah, blah, blah. And then that's the one where they create their own Ava units and then it goes berserk. Yeah, their own mech. Yeah, the mech thing, and that's where you have that really cool where Masato gets in the uh, fucking Spike uh, and Daniel suit from the Transformers yes. movie, and she's like, I'm, "Send me in, Shinji. Drop me in. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like swearing Spike, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save the day." And she saves the day in that episode, and I really like that one quite a bit. So that's my number five. Number four is number episode number eighteen, which is Life and Death Decisions. This is where Everyone knows that Toji is the fourth children, and uh, except for, <laughs> sorry, Matt, except, <laughs> except for uh, Shinji, Suzuhara ends up getting in the mech, but the mech gets, like, corrupted by an angel, and that's when they say, well, this unit is now an angel, it's designated as an angel, and that's where they send Shinji out to stop it. Shinji's like, I can't hurt the pilot, so... Gendo, dear old dad, takes over the uh, unit and then forces Shinji to uh, almost murder his friend Toji. And it ends with that sort of like chilling cry at the end when he realizes, holy shit, that's my good friend that I almost murdered. Uh, so so that was that was a really good one. I, I thought that there was a lot of emotional uh, buildup for that payoff. Uh, number three, episode number three is episode 19 which is a man's battle. So that's actually the follow-up where uh, Shinji, it's the one where it starts off where Shinji's in the mech and he's like, I'm going to blow up Nerve HQ. (laughs) 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 And Gendo's like, quit having a fucking hissy fit. Uh, This is where Shinji leaves. And for the second time, he quits Nerve. He has to come back. And the reason why I like this one so much is he grows a pair. He has that, that sort of like, really cold conversation with Gendo when he leaves. And he's like, I guess I'll never see you again. And Gendo's like, yeah, he's like, good. And it's like this moment of him, of like growth, of him realizing he doesn't necessarily need the approval of his father. And the only reason he comes back is he sees the destruction and how his friends are going to potentially die because of this angel that shows up. He comes back. He doesn't come back because he wants, his father tells him to. He goes and he says, I want to protect my friends. And I thought that was just a really cool growth moment for the character of Shinji. So episode back for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah, for the right reasons. Uh, number two on the list is episode 22, which is titled Staying Human. That's the Asuka, Asuka backstory episode, the spotlight episode, where we learn everything about her mother and where she came from and all of that. Um, it does have the troubling pseudo-rape sort of like thing to it, right? Where 
the uh, angel is in outer space and hallelujahs her. And she yeah. talks about like feeling violated. And, and some of that's a little maybe too heavy handed and, and tr- problematic. But generally scene of just un- learning everything about her background, the repetitive scene where she repeats the same lines and the voices of the other female characters, I thought was really good. And just everything, this whole theme about identity and learning more about like why she is the way she is, I thought was really, really well done. It was the best, I, in my opinion, the best backstory that we got. Uh, also, it ends with the really crazy moment where Ray goes down and takes the spear of Longinus out of uh, what we thought was Adam at the time, but really it was Lilith. And then just launches it into space. So that was wild. So that was Yeet. that was another. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then lastly is episode nine, which is mind matching moment. There's no better episode of Evangelion than this one. This is the one where Asuka first shows up at the school officially. This is the one where it has, I think, the funniest moments of the whole anime, where they're fighting the angel and they get their ass kicked and they go to the room where like they're arguing and they show the still shots of each of them like just faced first down in the ground, buried in the water and buried <laughs> in the earth after they get fucked up. And this is where they have to be in sync with each other and they go through the whole dance number and they've got the like the training montage together and it montage. ends with what I think is <laughs> one of the best visuals of the anime yeah. where they have five minutes to fight. And it's literally five minutes of, like, cut out exactly, and it's all set to music, and there's not really anything else, and it's just this cool fight. It ends with the humor of them ending up dug into the ground after defeating the angels yet again, and then yelling at each other about, you tried to kiss me, and blah, blah, blah. It's got humor, it's got really good visuals, it's got action, it's everything I wanted out of Evangelion. In this world, so. <laughs> I love anything buried in the ground with their feet sticking straight up. It's the most... Sailor Mooney of any of these episodes, and you know how much Sailor Moon means to me. So. Exactly, that's that's yeah. that was a, a good thing. That's yeah. probably why it was your favorite because it was very, it felt it felt like something that, like a traditional anime episode. Yeah, I would agree. And that's my top five episodes of Evangelion. Bill, what is your top five that you came up with? Yes, I decided to rank. Uh, the villains, the the angels. Ooh, the angels. All right. Uh, start us off with number five. What's the number five angel? Uh, my number five angel uh, was Sachiel, the one that looked like a plague doctor. Ooh, that one was pretty early on, right? First one. That was the first. Okay. And I feel like, well, it was like the third or whatever, but it was the first one we saw in the anime. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think it sort of established the idea of what the angels were going to be. You know, it was a unique design. It was weird. It didn't mean a lot. Just it, it certainly stands out as like the archetypical what an angel is in the show. Number four, I chose uh, Ishrafel, which is the one from Mind Matching Moment. Oh, okay. Ah. Again, its design was pretty close to the Plague Doctor. It's pretty close to the archetypical angel in look. And it, it had a gimmick that drove the episode to, do, to beat it in a certain way. Yep. And the gimmick of that was? The splitting. You know, they got hit, they split into two, the S2 drive split into two, and then it merged back into one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Causing Shinji and Asuka to have to work together as two. Correct. My number three was uh, Matrael, which was the uh, the spider with all the eyes on it. That's an interesting one, because I remember us not liking that one within the context of the action of the of the episode. I didn't like it within the context of the action of the episode, yes. Yeah. The, the, but that's not really the angel's fault so much as the episode's fault. Yeah. Okay. Just the giant spider with eyes all over it crying acid. Yeah. 
is kind of a cool kaiju image. Yes. Just the climb up a shaft, you take the acid, I shoot it, it's over. It was boring. That monster could have been a lot more interesting in context if it was a more action-y show. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I love that one from the design standpoint. My number two uh, was Ramiel, the D8. Yes, the D8! It's um, iconic. It's iconic. It is iconically weird. Um, of all of these, it's the weirdest, most sort of Eldritch Abomination of them. That's the one that drilled down, right? Drilled down in the nerve. Um, yeah, it's also yeah. the one that had the predictive blasts, and that's the one where yes. uh, Shinji and uh, and Ray had to work together and from uh, uh, Showdown Tokyo. It's just the sheer what the shit. It's the one that uh, still was chilling in the town later on. They were just like mining materials out of it too, which is just yeah. a fucking yeah. wild thought. They're just like, we're not going to clear this. We're just going to slowly take parts of it away. It's one of the few I realized seeing that didn't have an exposed S2 drive. And clearly, Sealy wanted the S2 drives to make their production units. Holy shit, I didn't really put that together. Yeah, that they were uh-huh. having Shinji kill them so they could take the S2 drive. I did. Uh-huh. I don't know why uh-huh. I didn't put that together, but that's wild. Which is why they're like, oh, shit. Even though Unit 1 ate that one. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Good point. Sweet. And number one on my list of uh, the most impressive angels of the show uh, was Tabris, or as we know him, Kaori. Okay. Or Kaoru. 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 He came in to fuck everything up and he did he definitely had the most impact on the plot of any bad guy like the rest of these were just weird looking things that got shot if he had had more time more episodes more build-up it would have been much better yeah he definitely was the most interesting of any of them he's the only one with a personality and he fucked up shinji but probably not in the way he wanted to he didn't yeah he fucked him up not really <laughs> in the way he intended to see what you did there well <laughs> Okay, that's, <laughs> that's not even what I meant. I meant, like, literally, I don't yeah. think... The way he messed up Shinji's head, I don't think it was something he was even trying to do. Yep. It's a good list. The only one that I would maybe add to mine would be the weird orb that, like, wasn't. That was the angel. It was the shadow of the angel. That was number six. Okay. Because I thought, 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 thought the concept of that one was pretty cool. I took them all basically one by one, and I just basically said, does this one better than this one, this one, this one? And That's fair. Yeah, that one was on the list. Uh, it was another, you know, weird Eldritch Abomination. Uh, I just thought the D8 was more iconic. I agree. Yeah. And I thought, you know, for that weigh-in of being the weird thing in the sky doing weird shit, and I didn't think it beat out the the uh, Satchiel, the Plague Doctor, as just super iconic to the show. For sure. Hey, Matt, you've got a top five list for us, I do believe. Is that correct? Well, that is correct. I'm really looking forward to yours because it's not on the shared document, which means you are purposely keeping this one away. Uh, <laughs> so it doesn't ruin the surprise for us. <laughs> I have here on my screen the top five rejected nerve slogans. <laughs> oh, no. Here we go. I am so ready. Oh, man. Couldn't get past the the, the creative department. <laughs> My original idea was the top five episodes the show didn't need, but then I I realized I would need, like, a week to prepare. That's fair. Here we go. The top five rejected nerve slogans. Number five, saving the world through child endangerment. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> that one's so true, though. Number four, we're faster than Buddhism. <laughs> <laughs> Number three, over three billion merged. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. You just heard Edward, man. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, all you need is nerve. <laughs> Nerve is all you need. And the number one rejected nerve slogan, God is in his heaven. The rest of us are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matthew, you are fantastic. All right. Those are our top fives. We've got a couple more things still to do. So uh, this next part, we may have to cut a little shorter than I kind of intended. But I do want to talk about. And this is kind of brought about because of Bill's discussion in his, uh, specifically in his shuffle of his top eight, right, of the anime, where he moved up Gurren Lagan higher onto his list. I feel that after watching Evangelion, there is an interesting comparison to be made between the story of Evangelion and then Gurren Lagan that came later, obviously. These two stories, I think, have a lot of similarities. But also quite a few, as we'll maybe discuss here, differences. I just kind of wanted to get into how and why Evangelion and Gurren Lagan maybe are really good companion pieces, and how maybe Gurren Lagan is an answer to the story of Evangelion, perhaps. And I think I want to open it up initially here to Bill, since Bill said that watching Evangelion helped him move Gurren Lagan higher in his esteem. The real driving force at the bottom of it, the, the the end of it, is Evangelion is all about trauma and disassociation and depression. And sure, Shinji's like, ah, I guess I belong here at the end. But Gurren Lagan is all about connections and joining and becoming, you know, not losing your identity, but you could really say that uh, Kamina and Gendo fill a similar role as the older driver of the the emotions of the younger character. Except Kamina goes, fuck it, do it. And if you don't think you can do it, I think you can do it. Believe in me, fuck it. He's the supportive older brother that Shinji needed. You know, Masato tried to be that for him, I can say that. Very few people gave Shinji any sort of compassion or love or support. Whereas that's all Gurren Lagann was about. Like, they all loved each other, they all supported each other. And even when they didn't, they wanted to. Even when there was the, the you know, the second half when there was all the the tensions and the disagreements and stuff, they still wanted to and ultimately did become each other. I guess that's that's the big thing. Uh it's 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 the same theme without the weird biblical stuff, but it's all about optimism and hope and and bringing each other up. Which kind of makes sense to me, you know, like obviously Gurren Lagan was Josh's pick, and you know I, I think he was pretty open when we did that season talking about how it was something that he needed in a darker time for himself personally. And I could understand why that message of that anime of like you know work together to 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 raise each other up to to build a better world that's like inclu like inclusive of everyone and the connections and the and the kind of found family and all that. I could see how that would be a very uplifting message to kind of you know kind of experience now the opposite end of that like you mentioned is you know that you have that same theme that same idea but it's the darker side of reality in, in humanity in the story of evangelion evangelion 
there is this striving for connection, but the world is so messed up and these characters are so messed up that they never find that connection to one another, despite them being potentially able to do so. They just, they can't get past their own traumas to be able to do so. And that's all they need. And they just can't do it. Mm -hmm. And I wonder now that we're talking about it, now that I just started getting my head around it, I wonder if some of my changing isn't just Evangelion. I wonder if it's the state of the world in general, because we are all kind of a darker place now than we were whatever season Gurren was so long ago. I mean, we do about a year, two, three years ago? 2017 and 2018. So the end, so like the later parts of 2017, the early parts of 20, wow, really that long ago that we did Gurren Lagan? So we're looking at 2017 and 2018. The world was a pretty different place back then. I mean, stuff was happening then still, but yeah, it felt different, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, we did I, see there there was there was a lot of gloom and doom, especially like you know the year after following twenty sixteen. But like there was, but it was just starting. It was just starting. I think we still had a sense of hope. Yeah, we weren't eight years into bullshit. Six years into bullshit. Yeah, yeah. So maybe so, the time frame does have something to do with it. I, I yeah, I really wonder if that's got something to do with it for me. Maybe there is something to be said about like we're 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 finally starting to emerge from a pandemic that has isolated humanity in a way that we haven't seen in our lifetime ever, ever, obviously. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why for me, I still find Evangelion to be a more compelling anime than Gurren Lagan because Gurren Lagan, I think it's, it's too hopeful almost to me, right? Like, like I'm a very optimistic person ultimately, but I recognize the limits of optimism and there, there, there are aspects of Gurren Lagan to me where it's like, okay, yeah, sure. You're going to, all work together to fight the anti-spiral and blah, 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 sure. There's fun in that, but there's there's a, there's a lack of, like, I don't know, there's a lack of realism in that as well. There is, but... Thank God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, sometimes this, this is escapism. You know, that's what we, we need is to be taken away from the horseshit for a while. Matt, where do you fall in the Evangelion versus Gurren Lagan debate? <laughs> Where do you kind of see the importance of Gurren Lagan versus the importance of Evangelion or, or how Gurren Lagan responds maybe to Evangelion? <laughs> Gurren Lagan wears its heart on its sleeve. Evangelion keeps its heart in its chest. That's a good that's, that's a really good line. That's that's very true. Evangelion is a person who's not in a good place in life and Gurren Lagan is for someone who is in a good place in their life. I would almost argue the other way around. The opposite. Because you said you're generally pretty optimistic. Generally, yeah. yeah. I'm generally pretty cynical. Mm. So sometimes I need stronger stuff to tell me, <laughs> you know, to to get over my funk of, of things. Maybe you think it's overly, sac- you know, sweet. You know, maybe it's just what I need. I am also extremely optimistic. So maybe maybe you have more of a appetite for the depression that is Evangelion. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, why, why put us through all this? Let's yeah. have some fun and blow some shit up. I generally prefer something on the same wavelength as myself. Monty Python, <laughs> for example. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I like Monty Python. <laughs> or perhaps Excel Saga. I do love Excel <laughs> Out of the Excel things saga. we've watched, out of the things that have been seen on this program. I do love me some Excel. 
I don't I don't know if there's there's a right or wrong answer to like which one is the better approach for for telling a very similar story. I think that in the long run, when you look at both of these kind of side by side, I think Gurren Lagan exists almost as like an answer to the dreariness that is Evangelion. It absolutely is. Also, I think uh, it, it probably benefits of coming out later. I agree. People people have sat down and watched Evangelion, and they know it like the back of their hands, and they know that they know these problems that we're now discovering. Mm-hmm. So they sat down and said, "Fuck it, we're gonna make this without all those problems." <sighs> I just miss Kamina though. Nia is is a better character than Ray because she's hopeful. She has personality. She wants the better world. Rey, I will Rey, grant you that. Ray is just. A big ass nothing burger. <laughs> <laughs> I, as much as I didn't like Nia, I will grant you that I like Nia better. Right, because she's at least got something happening. Don't forget that uh, Gurren Lagan is a Gainax show. True. This is this is true. You know, created by uh, Hiroyuki Imaishi, who was an animator for Gainax. Okay. I'd like to talk to him. Definitely. Best comparison though is. A show that Bill hasn't seen. Maybe we'll do that for a tuning in. All right. Anything else about the Evangelion versus Gurren Lagan debate before we move on to our finale? Our last bit here on this already very long episode. I don't think so. <laughs> no, nothing that really needs to be said. Well, a couple things in closing then. First of all, thank you guys for what has been, at times, what has felt like a very long season. Um, but, but also a very, I think a very detailed discussion in certain parts and portions of really breaking down a, a difficult anime to understand uh-huh. and one that I think has quite a bit of depth worth looking at. So uh, I am really proud of a lot of what came out of this particular season and our discussion of it. So. Thank you for putting up with this weird-ass anime that I picked that I came in with a great nostalgia and also a hope that the new dub would bring some new listeners to the program. (laughs) And then walking out, maybe hating it more than I came in, but appreciating it more than I came in? (laughs) If that makes any sense? Sure. Okay. I don't know. It's it's weird. I don't fully like it, but I totally get it. I totally get it now. Yeah. We have a, a few housekeeping things I want to mention. There is a second blooper episode that we need to release. Uh, the, the first thing. <laughs> uh, don't finish that, though. That's a lot. Uh, so we have a, we have, we split our owl? last blooper episode in half because we had so many bloopers. Uh, so we're going to be uh, doing a second half of the blooper episode and putting out some time. We might have a couple of bonus episodes. I know, for example, for a long time, Will from uh formerly from the questionable endeavor network on uh pwn stars our good friend had wanted to do an episode on here because he invited me on to an episode of pwn stars back in the day he kept asking when he gets to come on to tuning japanese so we might set up something where we m- will watch the uh the old tekken anime he had mentioned potentially going over i'm okay with that being something video game related um we could either do a, a four-person podcast or if uh, if Matt wants nothing to do with Tekken, I totally understand. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love Tekken. I think Tekken is one of the I've greatest. I've played a I Tekken bet, game. Nice. I thought you were going to say if Matt doesn't want anything to do with Will. <laughs> I was like, whoa! <laughs> no, no, Will's good people. Uh, damn! Will's good people. Uh, so, uh, so we might, we might see if we can set that up at some point as a, as, as something. And then who knows? We don't have much summer left, but maybe 
if anyone has like a really good idea for a, a summer viewing, Bill has already got his hand up. We'll come back to you on that, Bill. I think I know what you're thinking of. Uh, we, we, may, we may potentially do one or two bonus episodes before we jump into our season eight, uh, since it's an, always a nice little palate cleanser before we jump right back into really diving into an anime. We're going to end with Bill's big reveal. We are back around to Bill's third pick. My third for pick. For season eight. Bill, who has picked Trigun mm-hmm. and One Punch Man. I'm rolling um, pretty uh, pretty strong. You are rolling fairly strong, yeah. um, despite my yeah. own personal thoughts. I'm not saying that One Punch Man is a bad anime. I like One Punch Man. I just like it less than the other animes that we've been watching. So, Bill, I you and I have talked off mic about certain things, um, and you've thrown a lot of ideas out there. I mean, I don't have a real deep depth. But you have some that you were thinking about. But I have a couple I was thinking about. I have a couple that would be real winners if I hit them. But I think for this season, you took a bit of a risk. I did take a bit of a risk. So I think for my season, I too am going to take a bit of a risk. Ah. Oh. Okay. Also, okay. I think it's an anime that I did watch as a child. Well, not child. As a, a young adult. And it's an anime that I think hits on a lot of the same themes as both Gurren Lagann and Evangelion. I think it's going to make a nice third part. Uh, to our thought process. Okay. So I think we're going to try Fooly Cooly. Oh. Interesting. That's not what I... I didn't even enter my mind. That's... <laughs> Matt, where, where did your mind go, Matt? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Over there. <laughs> Over there somewhere. <laughs> Fooly Cooly. So Fooly Cooly, for those that aren't familiar, is, I believe, a, a sh- much shorter uh, anime. Yeah, as long as you don't want to do all seasons. FLCL, six episodes. FLCL Progressive, six episodes. FLCL Alternative, six episodes. And then film series. Oh. Alternative, the movie, and Progressive, the movie. So there are series, and then there are mushed together versions. Okay. Well, we'll we'll talk off mic again about how we're going to tackle that. But I'm excited. I I have seen bits of Fooly Cooly. But I don't think I've ever sat down to watch the entire series. So this is actually going to be a, a whole pretty much new experience for me. And I remember it being pretty wild. So I think we're going to get a lot of... We might be frustrated and pulling our hair out just, you know, again. <laughs> but um, at least there's going to be stuff to... There's going to be meat on that bone. I've always heard people kind of say it's the weirdest anime. And we've watched Excel Saga. So I feel like I feel like there's going to be some comparisons there as well <laughs> that we can, we can draw to. Fair. I haven't seen it in for a couple of years at this point. Well, I'm excited to dive into Fooly Cooly. It'll be something a little different. Uh, it'll be maybe a slightly a shorter season, which I am okay with too, just to <laughs> break up the, the long stretches that we had with Evangelion <laughs> right. that felt like it never yeah. ended. So I'm very excited for Fooly Cooly. I hope you out there are excited for Fooly Cooly. I think I'm all out of information. Uh, should we call it an episode? Well, we're about... Six minutes left in this call, so might as well. Might as well. You've got schoolwork to do, young man. Oh, I do. I have three hours to finish this 15-page paper. I had a hor- just had a horrible realization. What's that? LCL is in FLCL. <laughs> Can't spell FLCL or FLCL without LCL. Fooly cooly. With that, I want to thank you all fans for listening to this episode as well as our entire breakdown of Evangelion, including our 
deep dive into the original ending and then the end of Evangelion film. Um, I want to thank Bill, my ride or die, for, for hanging out yet again, who is not the biggest anime fan in the world, but has dedicated seven seasons, uh, has been here since 2016, recording this podcast with us. Uh, so I, I appreciate you, Bill. Thank you. I appreciate you too for uh, putting this together. This has been enlightening. <laughs> it definitely has. And I want to send and extend a, a special thank you to Matt, who uh, has been not only one of our biggest supporters as a fan, our super fan, um, <laughs> but also as a super fan uh, on the show, giving your perspective and, and joining us. We really appreciate that as well. Uh, the Bill and I episodes were fun, but I, I, I feel like we get more when we have three voices on the show. Yeah, yeah. We've known each other too long. We just <laughs> go. Yes. Before we go, I just want to remind everyone that if Nerve was a drug, take only as directed, may cause full body liquefaction and merging of souls. Do not join Nerve if you are pregnant, expecting to become pregnant, or currently have a child under the age of 18. If bricks from reality persist <laughs> for more than four hours, call your doctor. <laughs> that, that's all fair. I can't get any better than that as a conclusion. <laughs> uh, thank you once again. Uh, and uh, my name is Andy. I'm Bill. I'm Matthew. And we will see you next time. Great big sloppery kisses. It's over. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. For more information, visit our website, tuningjapanese.com, like our Facebook at facebook.com slash tuningjapanese, and follow our Twitter at tuningjapanese. You can also get a hold of the show by sending us an email at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please help support the show by going to iTunes and leaving a five-star rating and review. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese to get all kinds of bonus content and help support the show monetarily. Patrons also have access to our brand new series, Tuning In, where we watch the first episode of an anime and give you our first impressions. Special thanks to Brian Nash, Matthew Van Diver, Dan Park, and Andrew Caswell. I have to destroy all of them, huh? For someone who was just comatose, that's quite a lot to ask. Three and a half minutes to get all nine Avas? That's 20 seconds each, so I better get to work then.